Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, a show where we take the role of Hollywood executives shamelessly exploiting your nostalgia for money. My name is Pat, and I'm joined by Amy. Hello. Andrea. Hello. And Nick. Oh, hi. And today we'll be discussing the 1996 Dragonheart. So I had forgotten how good this movie is. I agree. I I hadn't seen it since I was lo- a lot younger. This was one of those I, classics I grew up with, but I haven't seen it in probably two decades. And Me I was too. expecting to to remember it as kind of like, oh, this isn't actually that good. Me too. I was expecting yeah. Enemy Mine, but with dragons. <laughs> uh, and it does have different. some. <laughs> it is. It does have some Enemy Mine flavor, but it doesn't last very long. It's like in the first maybe. Had minutes, yeah. I, I also Excuse think me. it's in the first maybe ten minutes. As much as I love Enemy Mine, I do think Dragonheart is a superior film. Way it is superior, yeah. absolutely. It is. I Hands mean, it's down. It still suffers from bad CG. Um, yes, but at least but, it seems clear that Dennis Quaid has practice, has had some time to hone his craft a little more except his accent that he tried for one scene and then just dropped so Uh that was like (laughs) one of the first things i noticed i was like why does everyone have an accent except dennis quaid and then all of a sudden (laughs) it comes and goes like it's like me trying to do a british accent really bad (laughs) and intermittent and patchy it's it's weird that his performance in this film is better than it was in Enemy Mine because in Enemy Mine he actually has an actor across from him in a in a suit, and in this one, <laughs> presumably there's just people holding up sticks with tennis balls on them. Yes, and he has to act opposite that, right? And it's amazing. Well, it's way better. It's way better. I, I would say better. I I wouldn't go so far as to say amazing. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this movie. It was good. Yeah, but it's it's no blockbuster. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely be improved, hence the reason it's on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a blockbuster Agreed. at the time. Like, I think it did oh, well yeah. in the theater. It I, was, I, but it was overshadowed by the 1996 Independence Day. And the oh! So, no... <laughs> no movie can surpass that no one will remember anything else from that year probably. That's true. Independence Day was kind of like the blockbuster that that and Jurassic Park from like the very, very young years of my life when I was Jurassic Park was been before between eight this, and ten. Jurassic Park I... was absolutely was... before this. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I mean that that like era of like the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. I think Jurassic Park was like ninety three, maybe. They had a lot of the same um, people that worked on Jurassic Park actually that worked on this movie. Fun story. Um, the model. So the so Draco was done by Industrial Light and Magic. Same people. Who done? Who did the work on Jurassic Park? And the test for Jurassic, or the test for Draco, was just a stretched out version of the Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic Park, <laughs> and that apparently impressed Universal, so they went with that. And you can see it. You yeah. can see it, and it's bad. Once you said I, that, I couldn't unsee it. Yeah. Can I? Can I say though? Again, I know that you know. 1996 is that era where it's, you know you look at Independence Day and it's got some pretty good effects for the time. I think Dragonheart and what you have to put into the dragon is so different from to 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 fully animate 
you know, with graphics, that creature is really tough back then. And so oh, I feel yeah. like for the time, it's perfectly fine. Like it's bad, but I wouldn't expect it to be good. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Like hackers. Oh for the God. time, it was fantastic. Um. Sure. Sure. Let's say that. It grossed 115 million against a budget of 57 million. So, yeah, so it like made it its well. it made its money back. It did well. Um, um yeah. but the uh um the wiki page does say that it is a cult classic. Yeah. I'd say that too. I don't think I don't think kids today are watching Yeah, this they're not film, right. Yeah, they're not saying, "Oh, let's watch Dragonheart." They're saying, "Oh, let's watch Star Wars or Independence Day or whatever." Whatever else has been remade. Yeah. I don't know what happened in my childhood, but I never watched this movie. And wow. this is down okay. my alley. So I actually am happy <laughs> that you picked this because it reminded me of movies I would have seen back in 1996. I wanted something that I knew was going to be good and also fun. <laughs> She's sick of the bad movies, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you suggesting Moonfall is not a, a not a cult classic? Is that what I'm hearing? It was garbage. It was hot garbage. <laughs> uh, so this is the, from the director's why I was shocked. So I put this down as a note. The guy who directed this directed The Fast and the Furious, which I think is a great movie. I don't like any of the other ones, but the first one is really quite good. And then also Triple X, if you remember the crappy... 2000s Vin Diesel, Diesel action film, <laughs> which I do remember because I purchased it on DVD when DVDs were super cool. I am almost ashamed to admit I too purchased it on DVD, the collector's edition director's yeah. cut, like absolutely watch DVD set. You know, when back came, back 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 when VHS movies actually sized. came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back when movies actually came out with like like supplemental material and like a yeah. big market for DVDs <laughs> was like. Let's make sure we give them something extra because the movie's not enough. Those were the good mm -hmm. old days when they had to make a film about the film uh -huh. in order to sell you the film. We, I miss those times. <laughs> um, the the director actually really annoyed the uh, screenwriters because the he made a lot of really bad choices um, that changed the film a lot, and I happen to agree with most of those most of those complaints that the writers have. Um, because Before we go down the rabbit a lot of those that, things, uh, well, a lot of those things, um, like kind of summarize the, yeah, the film for folks that yes. may not have seen it. Yeah. So basically, um, it's about a knight who mentors this prince. Um, the prince is an asshole and the knight <laughs> tries to weed that out of him, but before he really gets a chance to, um, the the kid becomes king but immediately um gets stabbed in the heart and is dying so they take the kid to a dragon to be saved and the dragon gives the kid half of his heart the kid grows up becomes an asshole then the movie ensues <laughs> this is kind of like the knights uh like he goes looking for all the dragons to murder them all to get revenge and then comes across the dragon that gave the kid half his heart and ends up like becoming friends with the dragon kind of like a revenge story yeah 
like a revenge story kind of turned on its head. Okay. Um, see also enemy mine. <laughs> I do love the fact that um, the dragons are blamed for the for the person being evil. Yes. <laughs> it's like Bo, and it's like, man, this kid's evil. I better go kill every dragon in existence. Right. <laughs> I mean, Bowen missed all of the like all of the bits that the kid was dropping, just saying, just to indicate like this kid's gonna grow up to be a piece of work. And he like missed it all, you know. Or, you know, the irony of like kids evil, so I'm gonna become the most evil asshole to all things dragon kind. Right. He he's really not a good person at all. <laughs> and right, they, the no. film does not address it at <laughs> even when he gets to he befriends the last dragon, the first thing they do is like, what if we conned a bunch of other people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then which, even, which is even part like of the film I like, but he, he well, yeah, that's fun. But even in the end, he's like um the Draco tricks him into being a good guy. At, ah. Well, so that's a fault in the story. Oh, no. Yes. That's a director change? That is a director change. Oh. So in the last village, so they, they do the scam three times. And in the last village, it's like a village full of pigs. And the scam fails then. And <laughs> the swamp's too shallow. Um, so the this is what. Uh, so basically the screenwriter says that they use the scams to pick at Bowen's conscience and test his morality. And each village they go to is more poverty stricken than the last one. And it was supposed to come to a, a point um, and serve as Bowen's character arc in like the swamp village with the pigs. It's people are supposed to be impoverished and starving. And Bowen feels he can no longer justify the scams as a way to be a thorn in Ayn's side. And the screenwriter said that when the director added the pigs, they like kind of cut the knees out from under oh. from that scene because the the villagers are saying that they're starving and impoverished, but are surrounded by pigs. So what motivation does that give Bowen to be like, oh, well, I can no longer keep doing this to Ainan's villages because, you know, these people are starving and they can't afford the money. But like also kind of undermines the lines where when Draco crashes into the swamp and can't sink under the water and like hide. Yeah. Um, and they all go food, right? Food. It's like, you're surrounded by food. bro. Right. So it's uh, the, the wiki article says that the, uh, Screenwriter told the producer it would make everyone look stupid since the villagers were supposed to be starving. They're yeah. trying to eat Draco for an easy meal uh, before turning on Bowen, Kara, and Gilbert, yet the pigs surrounding the villagers would have sustained them. Yeah, uh, those are those are my lord's pigs. Like I can't eat those. I have, yeah. to, I have to resort to cannibalism. Sorry. And then it says the pigs stayed in the film, and the elements that would serve Bowen's arc became pointless. Yep, pretty much. So yeah, like a lot of I didn't realize that so many of the things that I thought needed to be changed were all things that the screenwriters were like, yeah, the director screwed us. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you mean saying... that you, are you are you suggesting that the director of Triple X is uh, somehow incompetent? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. Listen, a revolver with special ammunition is the best weapon. 
in all fights ever. Correct. Goggles that see can, can see through brick walls. Fantastic. <laughs> Triple X has got to be on our list of remakes, right? I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. Okay. Uh, isn't isn't uh Rammstein Rammstein in that movie, the German yes. band? They he like yes. they like are in a live concert with Triple X at one point. Yes. I, yes yeah, absolutely. I remember I, God, we, don't. we should probably don't. remake that movie so that Andrew and Amy have to sit through it. Yeah, but do you want to make <laughs> yeah. it better? Serious no, I just on want, my I, list. I don't actually want to remake it. I just want to watch it again and make sure you all watch it with me. Uh, isn't Vin Diesel terrible? He's actually not horrible Oops. in it. It's just not. Yeah, it's, it's like a generic action star. He's perfectly fine. Okay. Don't type in XXX into Google and think <laughs> nope. you're going to get the movie. It's I don't know why. X, lowercase, no, lowercase X, capital X, lowercase X. Okay. I wrote <laughs> triple X, like yeah. the word triple. And yeah. I got, yeah. I got mistakes were made. Yes, mistakes were made. Did, did you I got type in? Did results. you type in triple X, X Vin Diesel? Because that's a coin, fl- a coin flip on what you're gonna get there. <laughs> no. Include the word parody. See what happens. No. <laughs> it's funny. Um, typing now that in, movie I'd remake. <laughs> typing in triple X gets like a genetic disorder. Cool. Uh. <laughs> Anywho, we're a little off the beat path here. Even... Like, like my life, I've been we've been derailed by the the Vin Diesel film Triple X. <laughs> Amy, go ahead. Even with those changes, I still thought this was movie very good watching it the first time. Oh, this was the first time you watched it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. You just said that. Okay. Yeah, I, um... I, I, I think it holds up well. I think for the, if anyone's watching it for the first time again, you have to ignore the special effects, but. It's a it's a decent it's got some decent action in it. The uh, one liners are great. Th- right, I was going <laughs> to yes. say it's funnier than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. The whole like, the first whole scene was just great, bad <laughs> and great at the same time. Wait, the first whole scene? What do you the, mean? The, when he like, was fighting with the prince? Oh yeah, it was like he was just pulling fortune cookies out of his mouth. Yeah, everything was just ridiculous. <laughs> right, the fortune cookie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, the, I wrote down that those were the cheesiest lines ever. And but, the way they were delivered was cheesy too. Like yeah. the, the like little head nods <laughs> off to the side and whatnot. It was like, oh, It woof. fit though. It just kind of fit because maybe just because they were medieval, they were fighting. I don't know. You know, it's if like, it yeah. set a bar, it set it really low, which I think helped in future scenes. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of like really good one-liners like how do you propose i compose this far away (laughs) it's another good one um there's there's a lot of like uh brother brother gilbert has all of the every every line he says is 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 funny yes Mm -hmm. like everything he says is great like the entire like just um like him being like a shitty poet (laughs) going through the movie and ending end up being like a really great archer is just freaking hilarious. Yeah, so good. Not kill. Yeah, that scene Death was blow to cool. the heart. I, I absolutely <laughs> love that everything he says is a joke, except for that. And the movie takes it very, very seriously, seriously when he says, "Thou shalt not kill," and then just you know shoots a guy shoots in the heart. A, it's yeah. a king, right? He shoots the king in yeah. the heart. Yeah. Um, that was that great. actor. That actor whose name I can't pronounce, so I won't try. Pete Hustleway. Um, that's that's him. Fantastic actor character actor you've seen in a lot of things passed away but um oh. he's he, if you if you click on his like i am 
uh, DB page, you'd be like, oh, he was in this. Oh, he was in that. Yeah, he's in yeah. everything. So yeah. he would still be in everything if he wasn't, if he hadn't passed away. Agreed. Even True. even Sean Connery's lines are great. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have I have my favorite is I merely chewed in self defense. I, I never I swallowed. Cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was cute. Um, <laughs> let me think. Or or um, when Einan's mother um says that she wanted to correct a mistake she made when Ooh. she saved a creature not worth saving Ooh. sick burn yeah, yeah. like that's incredible that was like that's a line that i need to get like written Ooh. on my hand so that i can say that to someone i really hate someday but you'd have to save them first is it the worst the investment yes like that's a really slow burn kind of yeah that is a pro revenge kind of yeah. line there yeah. like you gotta I feel like with the theme of this movie and the killing and the sort of almost rape scene, I can't believe it was only rated PG. Not even PG-13. Really? Yeah. I mean, we were different I mean, back then. That's yeah. true. Another fun fact, though, well, maybe not fun, um, that is supposed to, that, that, like, it, they weren't, the, the original film wasn't supposed to show a rape scene, but like Bowen and Kara have this like love thing going on. And she basically tells him like, I can't give you, like, I can't love you because I did like he, uh, what, I don't remember what her, what the phrasing is, but she's like, I've been soiled by Einan. I can't, you know? Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. And so she tells him that. Um, and again, it was cut because the director wanted it to be more accessible to children and the the screenwriters are pissed that he made that change and i tend to agree because like they yeah. added things like uh kind of undermines the relationship between the characters right and like for example draco saying yikes when he goes down like what the hell is that <laughs> i i don't mind this film being accessible to kids like i'd I have no problem with them taking out um <laughs> you know, any, 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 a rape scene or an implied rape scene. Um, I'd actually be fine with there being no love interest at all. Like the idea that uh, Bowen and uh, what's her name, Kara. Yeah. Um, Honestly. Are, are not in a relationship that she's just a, a young woman who's like helping stir a revolution would be perfectly yeah. fine with me. And the way that this scene is written because the original, because I found the script and read that scene and it's cheesy as fuck like the director actually filmed it but left it out because he couldn't get the performance that he needed from the actors um, and reading the scene i'm thinking i was thinking to myself i can't i wouldn't be able to get that performance out of the actors either because it's written like shit i actually kind of like where they left it though i do too like that weird like flirtatious moment when he's trying to teach her how to fight and whatnot she like gives him kind of like bedroomized for a hot second and yeah. then it dies there right so like there's there's this like suppressed interest for for the other right but then they realize oh no there's job there's a job to do we've got to get this done first right it and doesn't just push it to the side so like it's enough of an interest there to like get me engaged into the situation mm -hmm. but i'm i'm glad they didn't beat me over the head with it right like it doesn't go as far as like oh god all this sexual tension it's just kind of like gives a flavor of it yeah um so if if that's actually by mistake because they couldn't make a scene work then i i guess i'm really okay yeah i'm it. fine with it too it would have been annoying i think um yeah 
And we talk about uh, our favorite dragon, Comrade Draco, man of the people. Um, stern revolution <laughs> against the man wherever he goes. That would be funny. That's what you meant when you wrote that? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's literally the one, like, no one else is ready to go and fight. And he's like, listen, everyone. We're going to do this. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I guess if the dragon's going to do it. That's, oh, man. That's I wouldn't go against a dragon. Way. I wouldn't. But, like, think about it for a minute. In engaging in any of that behavior, he's basically signing his own death warrant. So that's his just ultra complicated way of committing suicide. Hmm. He knew what he but, was getting into. That's what I'm saying. Like he yeah. he knew. So like by instituting a riot and a, a revolution against the king, the only way of which you could, the only way to kill the king by by the way is to kill Draco. I like. You yeah. you could have skipped the last hour of the movie and said, "Bro, just you want you want to go pick a just, random guy and let him stab you in the heart." But I think implying <laughs> yeah. that the dragon has ulterior motives to inciting the revolution would kind of shoot the reason why Draco is so afraid of dying in the first place in the foot. Like he, um, like he's afraid of dying because he feels like he sinned, yeah. and. Thus, if he dies, his oh. soul will be like lost forever if he doesn't redeem himself somehow. So. And if he had ulterior motives of saying, "Well, I'm gonna sacrifice all these people to a rev or to a revolution just so that I can die," then that would be like an even greater sin, and he probably would understand that and not do it as a result. So his starting the rebellion to take down the king um, is his way of repenting. Yeah, he has to, like in Dragon Lore, you have to like earn your way right. into the stars. Right. Right. So he's Ooh. trying to uplift the people and overthrow a tyrannical king at the same time. Right. To to, to redeem himself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But if you strip it down to its base components, dude's yeah, it just does, messing with people. It, it doesn't actually make sense, but who cares? <laughs> yeah. Life doesn't make sense sometimes. I, I, I guess we'll, I'll, I'll. I'll retract my statement. Though. If he had eaten Einan, <laughs> would he die? Um... Or would he just be in pain all the time because Einan would have died and would just be slowly digesting in his stomach acids? No, I so, th Theoretically, uh, I think he would die from indigestion, right? And then the prince would die in the stomach. Uh... <laughs> I'm not a scientist, but that's my theory. Uh, someone sent us an email with how... Uh, Draco could have died if he had eaten King Einan. Yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, Amy, anything to uh, add on your, your thoughts for the movie? The whole movie? Just, just overall. Um, it was good. <laughs> I found it. Well done. Yes. Thank you. Um, I found it very annoying that the, so I think I may have talked earlier make in a previous episode how composers sometimes get lazy oh yeah like for example john williams the score to harry potter sounds just like the score to home alone um and for this movie this score <laughs> sounds just like the score to gettysburg and just like the score to down periscope the composer did all three and it's just like i, I was listening to the film and i was like 
wow, this sounds a lot like Gettysburg. Why does it sound so much like Gettysburg? And then I looked it up and it was like, oh, same composer. Well, someone was lazy. <laughs> he also did the film, uh, the the music for the hit 2000s action film, Triple X. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. So the composer Wait, may have been lazy. Yeah. But the director was even lazier. Um, <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I really like the theme to this movie. I don't know which one came first, but yeah, I mean, I think theme, I think, all composers have their kind of style that they go back to, right? But it's the same thing. It's the same music. But like it was I really get... good. But oh, I thought God. it was good. Can we play a clip? Probably not. Probably without not. getting copyright. Oh. <laughs> They'll come after us. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This guy also did the music to an amazing TV show called The Adventures of Briscoe County Junior. Which is okay, incredible. that was a fun show, but I do think the music was similar. So. Gettysburg was 1993. This movie yeah. was 1996. Right. So the the point I'm getting at is 93 for Gettysburg, 96 for Down Periscope, 96 for Dragonheart. Inside of three years, you had three scores that all sounded the same. Yeah. That, by definition, is lazy. Yes. It's like... You... But when you take the gap between Home Alone and harry potter at least for the most part it's falling out of social consciousness and you can probably get away with it a little bit mm, no <laughs> not not for you i'll, you, I'll look it up I'll, I'll have to look it up afterwards because i do enjoy gettysburg quite a bit it's a great and, film yeah it's i'll, have, really to, I'll good. have to look up how close they are if they're like similar but different that's that the, here's the thing with music this is like there's a lot going on with like musicians suing each other. And the reason is because there's only so many ways to to do music. See, that's only what so Nick many said. Notes. That's exactly what Nick <laughs> said. But I think that I don't know. I just it just sounds way too similar. Like I like we paused the movie and I played some of the soundtrack to Gettysburg and I was like, that is exactly what we just listened to. But to throw a little bit of uh, uh word that just flew out of my head um to play devil's advocate for a moment i i pulled up the this is burke track to how to train your dragon and there's a very similar feel there because i believe some of it's just stylistic for you know uh western european medieval times like there's there's a certain sound that goes as, uh, associated with that thought and like you can scrunch your nose up at it, but like it wouldn't be excusable for something like Down Periscope, which is a movie about a submarine. Yeah. Like if if that were the argument, I, I'd be right there with you cheering on the sidelines. But if we're going to talk the difference between like um, uh, this this movie, uh, Dragonheart and say uh, How to Train Your Dragon, for example, like. um yeah that's fair i again it's tough right because if you there's this thing again with music and in all art if you try and do something truly different there's as much of a chance as of it just being absolutely awful as it yeah. is being successfully different yeah um so i'm fine with it i'll have to i'll have to go uh do, do some, some comparisons but either oh. way regardless of whether it's copied or not I think the soundtrack fits this film 
pretty well. Yeah, I agree. It, I don't know. It, I it I thought it was kind of cheesy. I I feel like that the soundtrack was um what did I write? I thought it was like kind of Disney like and very I don't know. It was it was um I think it fits. I don't I don't really I, like I, it. I mean I think for the I way think this is a Disney I think this this is a Disney movie. Like if, if you told me this was a live action movie made by Disney in the nineties, I'd be like, Yeah, I believe you. Hmm. Yeah. I I think I think it fits. It almost reminds it me of the Willow soundtrack. Hmm. Oh God. This dir- this composer Fantasy. didn't do that, did he? No. But it, it gave the same feel. Gotcha. And that it's good. I liked it. Yeah. I know you guys didn't, but no, I, I did. I liked it. <laughs> I disagree. All right. Do we want to move on to changes we want to make? I mean, Pat has the first note here, so. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lead us off, Pat. <laughs> um, Although I disagree with that change, though. But Save it for after he says it. Fine. <laughs> okay, so for me, I think the king is generically evil. And I would like him to not be good at things. Uh, so, for example, like he beats Bowen in a fight at the waterfall. I would oh, rather yeah. that not happen. That me. I don't. I don't want him to be. I, I wrote down. I want him to be like a kind of modern day internet alpha male, which is to say, a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Telephone um, tough guy. Yeah, like seriously, like oh, you know, I. I I got scars on the inside and outside, you know what I mean? But like it's all style, no substance at all. Nothing he says actually makes sense. He's a, he's kind of an egomaniac and very prideful. And I think the inner fear for that character is he's he's he doesn't feel good enough. Therefore, he has to project that he is that he is, you know, good enough or superior or or whatever the case may be. Um so that's kind of the the first change I had down which is the, the king character kind of being more of a less cackling and more of like, hey, this is a this is a boy who never quite learned how to be a man. So okay. I do agree that he needs a little bit more of an oomph, but he kind of does have that character arc already. So like when his father dies and after he gets the heart, he already like he before his father dies, he he, he tells Bowen, I will be greater than my father. And then after he gets his heart, the first thing he does is he rebuilds the castle bigger than his father's. Um, And so it's clear that he wants to be better than what his father was. And before that fight scene at the waterfall, Bowen had at least two opportunities to kill him first, to kill Ainan first. Like uh, he hits him in the back of the neck with the with the uh, with a sword first before Ainan is able to get that. Only Stabbing turn your him. body to a corpse. Exactly. Um, and <laughs> another one-liner that's just great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in the in the notes that I that I found about the the uh, movie, the um, the writers actually wanted, and I'm not just saying this. I swear to God, the writers wanted Einan to kind of be a diminutive guy who mm. was quiet because someone who's 
who knows he's invincible is gonna be quiet until at the end he's like shows his true self like loses his mind when he realizes that if this dragon dies he'll die um and like um the so let's see here um the the notes for the writer says um you know, he was just being a whiny brat. Where do you go from there? You can't get bigger and you can't get smaller because the movie is supposed to build. Like, oh, I disagree with that. Well, no, I like, mean, the the a writer says the idea was for him to just be so quiet and you wouldn't know what he was going to do next. Um, and I kind of agree. Like, if you start yeah. at a 10, you don't have anywhere to go. Well, I think I think you could do both. Right. So, like, you could do. A small character that I mean. He got bumped in the back and stabbed through the heart when he ran, you know, face first into a in, into a log. Like, <laughs> how how much lower can you get there? I mean, for, for being kind of a a a kid with no wherewithal, whatever. I mean, to be fair, he was already doing some pretty shitty things. Like, he literally ripped the crown off of his dead die dead dying dead. dying Not father's dead, dead before he the body was even cold. Yeah, and then so, he ran away with it. And like when a girl was trying to escape a burning building that his father lit on fire, yeah. she fell out of it and hit him. Yeah, and it's just but like, like he he was the epitomization of Murphy's law in the first half hour of this movie. And you could, you could exploit that, right? Like you have a 12 year gap, you come back and you, you can do a little bit of a um, over the shoulder kind of day in the life of exposition moment of King Einan and, and how he's had this chip on his shoulder for 12 years and why he's gotten better at everything that he is and everything that he's done and why he is now a formidable enemy. But don't they do that though? No, they they really don't. They just make him a big bully. Yeah, so so they they have him stab out that guy's eyes like f- at least 5 years after he wronged him like dude, did it take you 5 like he, yeah. he puts him in the, he, he puts him in the camp for like 5 years they run away. It's like surely that's the dude who killed your dad when you just kill him right away like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah they it's like they kept middling they couldn't decide whether they wanted him to be a big bad or a diminutive character with a chip on his shoulder or somewhere in between and they just kept playing with that throughout the story and i'd rather you picked one and let us know what kind of character we're going to expect because you gave us a cliche character in the end let us see that path coming the thing is, right. it's, it's about it's about using your minor villains well as well. That's a bad sentence, but whatever. <laughs> um, we have Brock, who's kind of like the tough guy side kick to the king, his his bodyguard. Like and yeah, you could have him fight Bone at the waterfall and probably be a match for him. You have the dragon slayers towards the end of the film, um, which my next note says make them more of a threat because I didn't feel like they Absolutely. were important enough. But you have them; they they can be minor characters. You don't need the king to be, you know, a great swordsman. Or he's not. He's not particularly great, but you know, he's not. He's not terrible. I guess. I guess what I want. I think I said it in the the kind of original statement is, I want someone who's an adult but who's still a boy, not not a man who hasn't like learned. A lot of growing you know, up to do kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like learn that you just can't have your way all the time, and and learn to, you know to to temper your expectations and sure, you know that type of thing. Um, 
I do agree with the Dragon Slayer should have been more of a threat, but I also kind of saw them as a almost comedic outlet for Draco. Um, <laughs> to give him, you know, like, sure, he grabs a couple of spears that are thrown at him by uh, um, by Bowen during the, the whole cheating out the villages phase of the movie. But um, outside of that, we don't really see any dragon action. So I think that the the reason that the the that the dragon slayers are even there in the first place is to give Draco an action outlet. I mean, they're there because the mob ordered them. Well, sure. To kill the to attempt to kill the dragon. Sure, and I love the payoff on that line. That is just yeah. like you like you said that that is great. But I think I think it's kind of a fringe benefit. I think they they wanted to punch it up for the trailer and attract the audience by having a dragon going around shooting fireballs at a castle. Like that's what I feel like that was actually there for. Is that in the trailer? I don't know. I don't. Um, How could it pro- not? Yeah, probably. <laughs> they, they, there's not? only like, he's the dragon's only in this movie for like 25 minutes. So yeah. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like that having them, not having them be as big of a deal as they are didn't really take away didn't add to it either but i don't think it took away yeah. right no but, that's kind of what i'm saying is they were just they were just kind of there they, yeah they were places. kind of like thrown in at the last moment i perhaps my next edit will explain why i want to add a bunch of things because i want this movie to be three hours long yes i agree <laughs> yeah give us some more depth that'd be great it's a long time it is, but you know I love my long films. I I'd love a three hour cut of Moonfall as well, but oh, no God. such luck. God, no. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah. I feel like that the way that the movie was supposed to have been directed with the original intention that the screenwriters had, like that would have been a movie that I would have loved to watch. Like that would have been a three hour movie that I would have liked to watch. Yeah, um, and uh, so the the, the film there's the introduction part where you know then there's the con man part of the movie and then they jump right into everyone let's have a rebellion and i feel like you could you can add more time to kind of flesh out act two into more of a turnaround for all of the characters as opposed to we're doing a con okay we visit an old castle and we're moving on to rebellion go you know what i mean i mean the rebellion is kind of spurred on by kara because Ainan, you know literally kills her father in front of him yeah um he says uh i've always thought death was a release not a punishment and that's his justification for killing her dad or excuse even his excuse yeah obviously update the cgi um it's bad they they tried to do draco like they did the cgi for the dinosaurs in jurassic park and i wish they'd just done like practical as much practical as they could and then kind of filled it in with cgi um i I think pat said it earlier but if you keep in mind the time i i think they did fairly well with the cgi i mean i remember being impressed when i was 15 yeah i i think like like we've talked about in previous podcasts like movies back then had a different bar right (laughs) like Putting on the screen what they put on the screen was probably revolutionary. You you probably didn't see flying dragons 
uh, every day in movies or TV shows. No, because this was the first time they'd done that. Right, exactly. Right. It, so it, like, it, It's literally a, a selling point of the film, right? Yeah, right. And and that's absolutely going to contribute to some of the draw, some of the, the cult following of the movie. Some people would have never gone to see this unless there was a flying dragon in it. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And but that's just not something we have don't, anymore. Don't, don't leave it bad on purpose for the remake, right? Like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. We have the technology. Game of Thrones exists. Okay. Yes. Like we it... can we can do better. So let's do better. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like that is oh I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um I oh um you have more changes. I've got a couple others, but um you go. Okay. Yeah, so I guess when it comes to like, you know, that that three hour cut, one of the things that I'd like to see a little extra on, and this is maybe the history nerd in me, is I want to see them, uh, Bowen and Draco, actually travel to the Celtic uh, other world um, where, so this is referencing the part of the film where they go to um, Avalon. Avalon. Avalon and he recites the the code that the magic statue of Arthur um, gives him. I would prefer to see more of that. Um, Arthurian legends are rooted in Celtic mythology um, and the Celts have their roots all over, all over uh, Eastern and Western Europe. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't write a lot down. Um, <laughs> so almost everything you know about the Celts is, from Greek and Roman uh, sources who did write it down and they hated the Celts because the Celts <laughs> were warrior people and and like constantly sacked their cities. But so there's always like that kind of Roman twist on it. And then from, you know, a lot of when, when you say Celtic, a lot of people think Irish, which is correct, but a small part of that, that history. Um, but the reason of that is, you know, you get kind of Christianity coming in and then their records um, Christian monks writing down kind of the word of mouth stories and the Irish Celtic legends. Um, and same thing, the Arthurian legends are just the Welsh version of um, a lot of Celtic myths. So like in a lot of the Arthurian stories, they will travel to the other world to meet kind of these gods or demigods of of kind of like Celtic mythology. So I would love to see like they go into the castle and they have to go to like this other world and maybe even like give him give Bo an Excalibur as like once he's kind of made that and make that a longer part of the film where he has to reckon with what a knight actually is and whether he's lived up to that and kind of reform himself. Um, if you haven't seen the film The Green Knight, that's a great example of a like stylized Arthurian Arthurian tale. Um, highly recommended if you if you like my kind of history rant here. Go go check out that movie. It's not perfect. It's a little full of itself, but it's a it's a good film. And really, I just kind of want there to be a little bit extra between I go and kill all the dragons, and now I'm a con man too hey, I'm going to lead a rebellion and do the right thing all the time. That's what a knight is, right? Like, there's there's a little bit of character disconnect there that I want yeah. to kind of be added into the film. Does that make sense? 
Yes. I have a comment and a question. Yes. Um, The question is, so does that mean you want Draco to take them to Avalon or take them to the Celtic Otherworld instead of Avalon? Um, No, you can. So the, again, not to get too into the weeds with the myths and stuff, but basically to get to the Otherworld, um, there's like different ways to get there. Oftentimes it's through water or lakes. And the other, the other way is through like mounds or hills. Um, so like Avalon could just be like a castle on a hill or whatever. Oh, okay. That's fine. And then you can like, you know, maybe you go into the depths of the castle and there's like a lake, an underground lake or something like, I like you know what I mean? Okay. I like that idea. Um, but I feel like that if you were to find Excalibur, that would be a completely different movie. And that would kind of overshadow the rest of the story. You could also play with that idea. Like you could have Bowen walk in and see a sword sticking out of a stone and Draco like over his shoulder. And uh, he goes over to pick it up and it actually comes out and he knows the Arthurian legends and he's like, oh my God, is this? And Draco's like, no, of course not. It's, <laughs> that would be funny. It's, but it is this and it is powerful for these reasons. Or yeah. it was one of the Knights of the Round Table or, or something like that. So that you could kind of lean into that a little bit and still keep some of the comedy aspect. Yeah. No, no, we stick swords and stones all the time. Where else would you put them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like lean into it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, but like maybe maybe this is just me being again and kind of a if you could see to the left of my desk, there's a bunch of books on uh, Celtic myths and such. Books, very very interesting stuff. Um, like again, lo- carcass. <laughs> yep, yep, with real with real paper and everything. Gross. Um, I made sure they burned extra carbon into the atmosphere when they made my books. Um, no, 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 no wow. book recycled, no recycled paper in this house. Um, <laughs> um, but, but no, it's, you know, it's something I'm, I'm really interested in and really love to read about. And I feel like, again, because, you know, the, the legends of King Arthur are so closely tied to the Celtic mythology from a history aspect, not necessarily from a pop culture aspect, but um, there you could do something there that's Green Knight-esque, where you kind of, there's something, if you haven't, again, if you haven't seen the film, there's something very surreal about the world that these characters inhabit. Um, it's hard to describe. I would I'd just go see it. It's, it's, it's great. Okay. Okay. We'll add it to the list. Um... um. I do have one Go more ahead. thing I'd change. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like a like a technical bit. Um, I thought that the voiceovers were really bad. Like there was one scene where Oh yeah. Uh Kara's talking and then you don't see her face and her voice completely changes. Yeah, like, like her tone, away. her volume, her inflection, like she turns her head, you can't see her mouth, but her voice changes. And it's just like, that was something that was added after the fact, yeah, wasn't like, it? And there are a couple other ones too, like- um, Post. It's like yeah. anything that they added in post didn't match the rest of the the sound of the movie. Right. Like any any words that were spoken by Bowen or by Kara where you couldn't see their mouths just sounded off. And it didn't sound like it was part of the rest of the- I keep wanting to say play. The <laughs> sound like the rest of the the film. Yeah, but 
the flip side of that is Sean Connery's lines are delivered excellently. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. His... I'm sure it came down to this, the budget and special effects limitations of the actual dragon itself, right? Yeah, yeah. it did. Yeah. But I I did like um, Sean Connery's portrayal of it and how he voiced everything. I agree. Amy, anything to add uh, changes wise? For changes, it just they were all little bits here and there, but I think it had to do with the time and the year was made, the budget. It's stuff that if we remade it now, they wouldn't be there. Gotcha. Okay, that's fair. All right. We'll have speaking a budget of three billion dollars, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's Avatar Marvel, money. Marvel money, Avatar. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, Avatar: The Way of Water, great example of how you could make a CGI dragon these days. Got to got to get in my Way of Water reference this week. I know that the actual visual of Draco bothered you guys. It didn't bother me though. There were there were some scenes that why. were great. There were some scenes that were good, but there were a couple like one good one being where bowen is like sitting in front of the fire and he's in front of draco it was like ooh, that's a green screen isn't it that's not great well not just that but like draco's face looked great but like they were curled up and like it was right after his shoulder flared up because he got um because uh got stabbed in the shoulder so they're trying to show the the relationship there and Mm -hmm. how now draco's shoulders hurting and well, Draco is like, okay, it's bedtime, curls up and, and goes to sleep. Time. <laughs> yeah. And Bowen like sits there and is like trying to stay awake and look look after him. Um that was a moment. That was a good moment. That that was a very good moment. Um <laughs> one of one of the few uh uh um Dennis Quaid moments of like true good acting. Because sometimes, oh man, it's rough. But that was one of those good moments. But anyways, um, what I wanted to point out there, it was the CG. Like, the dragon's head, neck, great. Yeah. Uh, shoulders, if you will, where the wings attach and, and torso and down. It, it it looked like a texture from a 1980s Atari game. It, it was rough. And, and it's certain scenes like that that were just real rough. But then other scenes where... You've got Draco flying through the sky catching spears and it looks perfectly fine. So right. I, I I think you're right. I think it, it's limitations of the time. Um, or to Pat, one of your points, uh, maybe they just ran out of budget to polish it. Yeah, it prob- was- probably probably a mix of both. To to make a, a comparison about how quickly the technology changes in this regard, Dragonheart's 1996. There's a film that came out in 2001 called lord of the rings the fellowship of the <laughs> ring and Gollum, like yeah. that 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 cg performance is incredible, incredible right yeah. so yeah. just in five years you can see how far they've come from like trying to animate the dragon to now trying to do like motion capture and then from from there kind of combining them into like now humans are like motion capturing like animals to like planet of the apes like um the dragon smog from the Hobbit films, which I didn't care for, but the dragon special effects are quite good for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do believe it's, you know, a victim of its circumstance, but when you see excellent CG in one scene and then, Oh God, awful uh, CG in the, in one of the next scenes, 
that that's a little like immersion breaking yeah yep for sure yeah all right speaking of cg voices we'll move on to casting and uh i'd like to cast draco first aka the person who's going to be voicing him uh if you have an actor who's going to do like motion capture that's fine as well i didn't do that i just assumed that we'd have someone play the the voice that's where i went with it too me too okay, perfect. uh all right amy why don't you lead us off on on casting who did you pick for draco uh, I picked for the voice of Draco the dragon, the best voice in the world, mm. uh -oh. Morgan Freeman. Oh, <laughs> and um, you have I my just, attention. I just think it's I, he demands attention. Every every movie he's in, he's great, and you know him just like if you heard when you heard Sean Connery's voice, you mm -hmm. knew who he was. So yeah. I think it's a good pick. Double O Draco. What? John Connery was Double O Seven. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be I, like, "Why does it have anything to do with Morgan Freeman?" Yeah, that's why in my head I was like, "I was." I'm very I had to think about that too. <laughs> Is I think that's a good pick. No, I I agree. I think the as a voice, I think that would work. Uh, Either that or the voice who did um, Mufasa. <laughs> James Earl Jones. I, I kept wanting to say that, but he was too old. How how do James you make Earl, James Earl Jones? Yeah, and he's or also Darth. the voice of Vader. Yeah, Darth Vader. Yeah. Is he really? Didn't know yes. that. Oh wow. I okay. I'll, I still stay with Morgan Freeman. What about your? No, pick? That's a good pick. Yeah, for me, I went with someone who I admire greatly uh, for his work in Star Wars, but that's not why I'm picking him. Uh, this is Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker. He does a lot of voice acting. Doesn't he yes, voice he the does. Joker he, he in uh, the Batman animated series? Yes. Yep. He's Stuff. voiced the Joker in a lot of things. Um, I believe in video games as well. Um, but he's 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 done a lot of um, voice acting outside of just Batman as well. So he's known for his voices, and I think I think he's he could give a great performance as as the dragon. He can kind of give that gentle giant feel to the dragon if that makes sense hmm. Hmm. i don't know I, I don't gentle. think i don't think i've ever really considered mark hamill with as that kind of voice i mean i usually i think of the joker so my my thought process isn't, isn't really attuned to that but yeah he does he does tend to play a lot of villains um but i think he could pull off a you know, kind of a more, like I said, like a gentle giant role. Easy okay. enough, I guess. Not bad. It's no Morgan Freeman. <laughs> few, so few are. So few are. <laughs> so I picked Liam Neeson. Um, you gotta have that Liam Neeson. Yes. And I thought of that before looking, like reading more into the movie and realizing that Liam Neeson was the <laughs> screenwriter's original pick to play Bowen. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Um, but Liam Neeson, and I just remember this now because I've been playing Fallout like it's my job. He's got a particular set of skills. He has a particular set of skills, but <laughs> he he did voiceover work in Fallout. And I'm just yeah. like thinking over it now. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I that's a good pick. Like Liam Neeson would do a great job, I think, is voicing Draco. Like he's he does sound dad, 
what he's the dad in yeah in in fallout 3 yeah Yeah, yeah. he's the dad in fallout 3 and he's got that you know warm and endearing voice to you know and also like a voice that'll kind of scare the crap out of you when he talks like sternly if you ever take his child if you ever take his child or blow up megaton (laughs) (laughs) which i've clearly never done oh Uh Uh (laughs) um so i went with david tennant i don't think it needs any description whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) i mean dude's been everything he's been doctor who he's been uh he is a terrific actor yeah um broadchurch guys ever seen broadchurch no um but like if you want to see him in a, a truly heinous villain role look at jessica jones yes he was yeah. fantastic in that he was very good Kilgrave, right Kilgrave, yes yeah so like i i think i think he's got the range and the acting chops and you get to strip that down into just a voice uh behind a dragon i think he could do wonders i agree i agree um he's he can sometimes i think he's gotten past the playing doctor who and being generally a silly person stage of his career and he can now do both right like in good omens he's yeah. a little bit silly um jessica jones he's flat out evil uh Broadchurch, he plays like a, a detective like a kind of um out of luck detective you know kind of suffering from a little bit of oh i have seen that depression yeah okay. it's got olivia olivia coleman's in it as well but I, i'm just thinking you know if you you mix a little bit of the doctor who silliness in there you can still keep up with the whole pretending to be a dying dragon every thursday when when bowen throws a spear your way um but also you know some of that jessica jones evil seriousness to it you know you can have those darker more serious moments too that's fair um normally i'd make fun of one of you here but i feel like all of our picks have been pretty good except pats i mean pats Pat's going up against morgan freeman it's true it's true why would you make fun of us i'm sorry Nah, just normally i pick one of you to make fun of obviously it's just my thing just to disagree normally one of you normally one of you's picked someone so bad that i'm like i have to make fun of you and now just to be a dick and the only one that's done that this time is pat apparently yeah i stand by mark hamill i stand by him (laughs) all right (laughs) let's move on to Bowen, who is the, our our main human character, the knight. Uh, let's keep the same order. Amy, who'd you pick? Uh, my pick for Bowen is the heroic Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That would make this movie very fun. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I guess it was. I don't know why I picked him. He just kind of looked like he'd be a good knight. I mean, he is a generic action star. He like, is. Yeah. He can play serious and he could play not serious. I think he could do he could do the con man part of Bowen for sure. Like no no question. I think. Yeah. What serious roles has he been in that were good? I'm trying Extraction to think. Extraction <laughs> is a Netflix film that's quite good. Oh, okay. Oh. But that's just a no. generic action film. Is that still on Netflix? I would assume so. Yeah. I think they Netflix made it and they're coming out with a second one. So, wow. Oh. I mean, I think it's time to put him in a serious role with the flying dragon. 
<laughs> to show everyone what he has. Uh, I mean, so outside of, outside of Marvel, I can't think of anything. I, I think he just fits the character. He's already, you know. Yeah. Oh, he was in a crappy one of the the newest crappy Men in Black film. Hey, I like that. Well, he you was. Should, you should feel bad. Oh, he was I in the mixed feelings about that movie. He was in the all female Ghostbusters, and I like oh, yeah. that one too. Oh, yeah, but that he's was play- funny. He's playing a parody of himself, though, right? Like, like he's <laughs> yeah. he's literally he's literally eye candy. Yes, that's, and it's that's great. The joke, right? Yeah, and yeah. I accept uh, it. <laughs> I also accept it. <laughs> so that's my pick, right. Chris Hemsworth. Fair enough. That's you agree? No, I, I like it. It's a it's a good. He pick. likes it. Yeah. Um, I went with one of my favorite current actors and that's oscar isaac who obviously you know the film's got a lot of good one-liners he can deliver one-liners but i think he's just a terrific actor in that he can kind of play both parts of what we need for bowen so he'll be able to play the kind of like cocky like i'm conning people for money hunting down dragons guy and he can play the more like I'm a knight. I have a code of honor. He can kind of play both parts pretty well. So that's who that's who I picked. And also, not to jump ahead too much, but um, the king, I picked someone specifically based on the casting of Oscar Isaac as well. But we'll get oh. to that later. So you're saying he's he's a knight? Would you say he's a moon knight? Good God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn it. It's, it's good. It's a good dad joke, so I'll allow it. <laughs> I couldn't I'll see resist. myself out. I couldn't resist. Actually, you know, he, th- that's a good Moon Knight is a great example of how good of an actor he is, because he often has to play three different people in a, in multiple scenes, and like wake up as a confused idiot, and then like <laughs> ten seconds later, at least on screen, be playing a total badass. Right. So like the fact that he can do both so easily, it's incredible. And the fact that you actually see each one of those personas as separate characters. Correct. Yes. Because there's so many times you'll see an actor act across multiple movies, across multiple TV series, and they're just the same person. Right. And the voice, like even the voices, right? Like, right. He nails accents, different tempos, different. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good pick. Thank you. All right, Andrea, who do you got? I like your pick, pick. Go for it. I picked Idris Elba. I love him. I do love him um, as well. I think he would... Um, I think he'd bring a little bit more gravitas to Bowen. Um, but I think he could also carry some of the humor. Um, I don't know. I just think he'd rock at it. I don't know. I don't really see him as a like a humorous kind of... What, actor. Bowen? Or Idris Elba? Oh, you're saying... Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like Bowen needs to have a little bit of a comedic bone to him. I'm not sure. Like, I'd love to see that from Idris Elba. Uh-huh. But I, I just, I don't have good examples to really pull from to say, you know what? You're right. That'd be perfect. Yeah, he could definitely pull off like the total badass being a knight aspect of it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, just yeah. Have him stand and look at you. Yeah. <laughs> and you probably yeah. pee yourself. Like, I mean, <laughs> but I don't know that it, you can flip that and have him be funny. Um, um he was in Zootopia. <laughs> if, uh, if, if you say so. <laughs> Is that your argument? 
Yes, yes, you have it to is. be. You have to be real desperate to be like, oh my god, quick, pick one. Uh, uh Zootopia, Zootopia. <laughs> I, I wonder who Pat's gonna make fun of this round. Oh, maybe. Well, um, oh wait, well, wait. He, he was, he was also Elba, so. he was also in Sonic as Knuckles. So that another uh, end, you know. Wait, he what? was the villain. Uh, he was the. He villain, plays though. Knuckles in in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. Let's move on from Andrea turning uh, medieval uh, England into uh, some sort of woke Disney film. Ridiculous! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nick, go ahead. Cancelled. <laughs> cancelled. We we didn't even get off the ground, and we're already cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus. Um. So apparently, we're just gonna stick with you know the Marvel universe here for all of our picks. Um. And I went for uh, uh, Tom Hiddleston. Mm, Loki. Give me some of that Loki flair in uh, in in the Bowen role. I think he's too. I don't want to say slimy. He's no, no, too... no. From like the Loki series, not not from the movies. Like think of him from the Loki series, where uh, okay. he's still Loki. But he's low key. That's really fucking bad. <laughs> well, Pat and I just watched uh, over the weekend King Kong or Kong Skull Island, and he was the hero in that. And there uh, was no sleazy about him. He was yeah, 100% I, hero. I was just oh. thinking that um, that he's great in that. And also yeah. there's a TV show from a couple of years ago called The Night Manager, in which he plays like an espionage agent. Oh. Um, and I think he's really good in that as well. I would pick him more as like a James Bond type with those kind of things, but I think I could see him. I think I could see him being a knight. He would probably have to bulk up a little bit. Nah. They have CGI for that. And look at Dennis Quaid. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, he the man, the man, the man, the man's got biceps. What do you want from me? <laughs> he's got biceps and a toga like you're good <laughs> that's fair all right that's fair. i'll give it to you i i like the actor tom middleston so i think that is I uh think he could yeah i think he could definitely do it yeah. i i agree all right um man i i joked earlier but like i think those are all good picks again so great job everyone uh so let's move on then to Kara, who's kind of our last main protagonist here she is the person who oopsies murders a, a prince and a king um whoops. whoopsie <laughs> who put that sharp stick there um and uh she's kind of the leader of the rebellion that the, the female leads for for lack of a better word amy i dropped the ball not because i didn't try because i feel like deep down i didn't care who was placed in there maybe if I could change anything in this movie, give that character more depth, because yes. it, it was supposed to be there. Everything was there. I just deep down didn't care. I didn't seem part of the the story. She could be there or not. Why even have her? But yeah. I I did. I was going over all the list of picks for you guys, and honestly, I looked at every single one of those actresses, and I thought of them. My, that's my answer. All right. Amy <laughs> oh. has officially failed and we can all make fun of her for the rest Let's of the cast. Let's continue. Now. All <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I kind of agree, though. Like, I wish that character had I, more yeah. depth. And it should I have been. Like, she should yeah. have had more depth. She had uh, the storyline back there. I don't 
Maybe I just wasn't in it. Maybe it's one of the scenes that were cut because the director I don't couldn't know. make it work. Maybe Possibly. it's the actor not doing a good yeah, job. Maybe. It could because, have been like, that too. All of the things were there in the film. Yeah. Like she kills, she she's the one that is the reason for the entire film. Like she's the one that falls out of the, the house because it's burning and hits Einan. Yeah. Like um, the reason why she started or tried to start the rebellion is because Einan killed her dad. Because she instigated. Because she instigated. Like all of the bones are there yeah. for yeah. It. it. Maybe she just... Like, I mean, I personally didn't really like her performance, the actor's performance. I thought it was kind of flat and boring. And that's probably what you're picking up, Amy. I mean, yeah, yeah. I like, mean, she's she's most known from that actress from being uh, in Starship Troopers and her acting isn't the reason she's remembered. Oh, boy. <laughs> OK, it's boobs, isn't it? It is boobs. That's correct. <laughs> wow. I just said it, man. Put it out there. That's right. All right, All right Pat, what do you got? Uh, I went with Audrey Plaza, which seems kind of like a, a weird choice, but a I've, I've seen Plaza? her. Yourself. Yeah. Okay. I've seen her in a lot of things lately. Um, we recently saw Operation Fortune, which I didn't think was very good, but I didn't think she, I did think she was very good in it. Yeah, she's everywhere um, recently. She's, and she's been in Post Parks and Rec. I got to tell you, she's done some really, really good indie movies. Um, Emily the Criminal is one I watched this year. Um, there's one about, a, I can't remember the name of it. It's about time travel that she's in, and she was fantastic in that as well. Um, Safety, Not Guaranteed, Safety Not Guaranteed is the, uh, is the um, time travel film. Um, okay. She's in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which I still haven't seen. Sorry, everyone why I'll get on it i'll get on it at some point i don't will think you should i don't think you should because there's going to be way too much hype he's going to hate it going in i might not watch it to just keep annoying you every time i'm every time you cast someone from the film i can just say i still haven't seen it that's gonna be my next pick guys um but yeah oh, i think oh, oh, i think she's go. a better actress than people give her credit for based on she's got kind of this uh reputation of like and she kind of leans into it if you look at like her appearances on like you know, like talk shows and stuff like, oh, I'm just sassy and mean and hate you. You know, I'm going to step on your face or whatever. Um, I guess but she's got her into trouble once um, <laughs> because it? of her like persona. She was she actually had a stroke. What? Really? <laughs> yeah, I was I was watching uh, one of the late shows popped up in my YouTube and apparently she actually had a stroke and like face drooped, couldn't talk the whole nine yards. And Holy shit. Uh, her friends all thought she was just doing a bit. When she was 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I wonder and... why a famous actress would have a tr stroke in her 20s. Are you <laughs> suggesting she's on cocaine? I don't know. Okay. She is in Cocaine Bear. Is she really? <laughs> is she really? I thought she was. I don't think so. Okay. Let's let's well, prove me wrong. It doesn't uh, say Cocaine Bear here. Okay. I do not I was, see Cocaine Bear. I swear I thought she was in it. Uh, oh dear um, I, Editor I, I, Pat, I thought she was <laughs> yeah but she's I, in a movie I, called black bear hmm. oh maybe that's what i maybe that's what we've I seen her in legion as well that x-men show i think for this actress in this movie it's a good pick because this is not a comical character she's a badass i 
She defends her father, her village. I mean, also, like, I think nowadays it's it's normalized. I say normalized in a good way for, like, women to be funnier in films. Whereas in a lot of older films from, like, like, you know, I know this is in the 90s. From the from the 90s back, the idea that, like, you have the funny men and then the the female plays, like, the the romance lead, essentially, right? Like, that's a typical casting choice from... From yeah. uh, I don't want to say old timey movies, but this movie old is timey. legitimately getting on to being twenty years old. So, uh, thirty, 30 years old, right? Thirty, 30 yeah, years old, crazy. So. If she so, sixteen, would have been twenty, right? Yeah, gross. Yeah, that is gross. Now that I think about it, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think she could do a, a good job. And like, if you wanted to make her character a little funnier, have a little sass, because she does have a, a little bit of sass in the film, um, I think she'd be okay. I, I love her as an actor. I really do. But I don't know how I feel about her being in the role for, for Kara. I think if the, the character had a little bit more depth and you could lead it into Aubrey Plaza's style, that maybe you could make that work. But I just don't think it comes naturally. That's fair. That's fair. I thought it might be a little bit of... Um... Stretch? Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit of a stretch, yeah. Okay. Well, nice try. Wrong. <laughs> All right, Andrea, your pick. I don't know who this person is, so you'll, um, you'll have to tell me about her. Okay. So I picked Mickey Sumner, and I've seen her recently in Snowpiercer, like the TV show. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> really good in it. Um, Like there are times where she's, I mean, the, the role is serious, but there are funny moments from time to time. They played Breakman Till. Yes, Breakman Chill. Wait, she's um, Sting's daughter. Yes. Nice. Um, but I, I, I was looking through at, like what you know actresses that um were English, and I was just like, oh, oh my god, I've seen this this particular actor recently. She's really good, and I think that I mean she gives her character on Snowpiercer like a lot of like she a lot of depth like she um like at first you kind of think oh well she's just this you know police officer but it's like oh no she actually cares and she has all of these different facets to her personality so i think she she'd do well at it you should really see snowpiercer it's great we're on season two episode oh okay seven yeah so 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 then you do know who i'm talking about yeah yeah we we we, um we had watched season one before, and then you had brought up Snowpiercer on the Randomizer episode, which if you're listening to this, you'd have already heard that. And then we, you know, we didn't have a show that was going on outside of just the Mandalorian, which is like half an hour. So we we picked up Snowpiercer again. We're we're getting through season two pretty quick here. Yeah. And enjoying nice. it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So that's where my pick is from. Fair. I yeah. I good. and her role in season two is fantastic. Not to spoil anything, but we just got to the part with her, I'll say without spoiling her in the pastor, uh, which is like oh, kind of like okay. one of the the top of her arc for I'm assuming season Whoa. two. Great in that. Whoa. Yeah. You've got oh, you've got some fun. Yeah, coming. you got some you got, you some, got some fun coming. You have some fun coming. Anyways. One thing a side note about Snowpiercer, I had no idea Michael Malley was that good. Right? Like From Michael Malley of our childhood is global guts. And like <laughs> 
yeah, you're right. Like something happened between that period of time and oh man, I'm here for it. Yeah. He's also a freaking playwright. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Thus concludes I, I like my rant. Pick. I like your pick. Um, I think she'd do well in that role. But clearly, the best pick. Get out of here. Um, actually, my first pick for this, I was I was doing my thing. I was looking up uh, actors and actresses of a specific age range, and I'm trying to find ones that I that I think would would fit. And uh, uh, yeah, guess who guess who popped into the top of my list once again. Nick's favorite redhead. <laughs> um, Sersha Ronan. Oh, yeah. oh Sersha? Sure. Yeah. I, would, I would much rather her than your actual pick. But I didn't want to do the same pick every week, uh, week uh, every time we have a cast. So well, she's I said, a good no. actress. She is. She's great. But I, I don't want to like feel like I'm playing favorites here. So I kind of did the whole you're in the middle of your your test and you put down the answer and you're like it can't be option c again <laughs> <laughs> so i went back through and i said emma stone for this pick because she's been in everything from like zombie land to la la land and apparently movies that end in land all of the lands in between so like um i i know she's got the range for it the the, the character doesn't really demand range but we've talked about that and the changes. Like we we would want to boot bolster that role a little bit. I think it should be a good pick. Uh, I'm like back and forth on this. I think she's too bubbly. I don't know. Not in Zombieland. I did not see Zombieland. Well, then you can't. <laughs> Zombieland is correct. Actually, Zombieland is is probably her audition for this film, to be honest. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at like the the other films I've seen her in, like you know what I mean? Like that—that's probably the closest thing to. But she was Corella Deville. <laughs> I haven't seen—I haven't seen that film. I saw it, and she was evil. It wasn't bad. I don't think it's, it's a bad great. pick. It's—it's it's not a bad movie, and I stand by my pick. It's better than my pick. Wrecked. All right. <laughs> I was—I wasn't being Self-burn. <laughs> Um, so let's move on then to the last casting choice, the king. Uh, is it Enon? Is that Einan. how you pronounce Einan? Get a better yeah. name, bro. Am I right? <laughs> uh, so King Einan, Amy, who did you pick? All right. So let's put some story behind this. I thought we were supposed to pick both Prince Einan and King Einan. <laughs> so I, I did my first pick for the King Einan, I picked Bill Skarsgård because I feel like he can play an evil, evil dude. This is not the first time you've picked him. I know. But then going to the younger version, the whole family is just actors on every single decade. So I picked one of his younger brothers who I've never seen any of his movies, but I know he's an actor. He's in a bunch of Swedish television shows, I believe. Walter Skarsgård and he's in the right age range and he looks just like him that's that's one thing I actually super appreciate in this movie the younger prince looks very similar to the actor um 
David yeah. Thulis. How do you say his name? I'm sorry. Thulis. Yeah. David Thulis. This it's funny because yeah. I the this is the first time I saw David Thulis and when the casting for Harry Potter and the what is it when this movie originally came out it was the first time you saw that yes when the, the movie 90s. originally came out back in the nineties what was Professor Lupin in he was in the Prisoner of Azkaban I think which Correct. is the third yeah. one yeah. um. So when I saw the cast list for Prisoner of Azkaban, I was like, oh, that's not going to work. And then I saw that film and I was like, oh, that's different. He's a really good actor. Yeah, yeah. he's yes. great in um, Sandman as well. So well. I, I completely oh, fell into his role. I forgot he was in Sandman. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Um, he, he was good in that. Bill Skarsgård is a great actor. I just saw him in uh, John Wick 4. And I think, honestly, that, like, the type of character he plays in that would be perfect for, like, my vision of the king. He's got, a, he's got like, a kingly look, doesn't he? He does. Not when, not when he's being creepy <laughs> but, playing it or whatever. Yeah, like, no, it's just because he's got really weird features. But he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. And then I figured, hey... Might as well throw in the other Scars yeah. Garden for the king, put in the older brother. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm not a fan of nepotism. He kills him, so. I'm not a fan of nepotism, but these Scars Guards all got good acting genes because they 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 rock their roles pretty pretty well. There's so. like 37 of them. Uh, yeah, there is. Um, speaking of nepotism, um, my pick is a nepo baby too. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, and this is uh in reference to Oscar Isaac from earlier. Oscar Isaac plays um, uh, this character's father in the movie Dune, and this is uh, Timothée Chalamet. Timothée. Timothée. Um, he's so right now. He's, he's, he's in a lot of things. <laughs> I am casting him based off of obviously Dune, where he plays kind of royalty, but more specifically, um, the movie The King. Yes which is i believe a netflix film as well and if you're a history bluff history buff um you'll enjoy it but i think he's great in that film as a as a king and a kind of a reluctant king and i think he can translate that role into the role we want him to play which is you know something that's a little more childish right like a, yes. like a like a like a little more man childy. He can definitely play that. He could definitely play a character like that, I think. I'm looking at the pictures from that film and it's like, yeah. Right. Uh so if you I th it's worth a watch honestly. It's mm. again, it's a historic film, but it's if you don't know anything about the history side of things, I still think you can get along perfectly well with the film. I don't it doesn't need to be um you don't need to know the history to watch the film, so. Yep, it's uh Worth adding to the list. Yeah. To the list. What's the other one that, um, other movie that you said that was on Netflix, Extraction? Extraction. That's just a generic action film. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's like um, if John Wick was not as good because it had a lower budget in Chris Hemsworth instead of a higher budget and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, it's really not bad. Like it's, it's a typical, like Chris Hemsworth needs to, you know, uh, get a child back to somewhere safe. Like it's it's one of those films. So, 
Okay. Yeah. So, lady, what'd you pick? Oh, I love Pat's pick. Yes. Like, I, I read that and I was like, oh, shit, I can't think of anybody else now. My brain is blocked. Yeah. Because, <laughs> so, again, like he looks he looks king-like, right? Yeah. Especially after Googling the king. like. <laughs> Especially after they put him in a movie called <laughs> The, the king. king. Yeah. Yeah. So, my pick, uh, I did a ton of research. I started looking up actors on lists for the appropriate age range, you know late teens early 20s is what i'm guessing the age range would be because there was that 12 year gap and he was probably 10 12 years old uh when it first started so like i figured right around that 20s mark um you know went down through i'm like oh hey this guy this guy would be a great pick you know who i picked is it uh is it someone from the film the king uh it may very well be someone from the film the oh king. who is it who is it tell me um I think his name is Timmy. Timmy. Little 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 Timmy Shamale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and when I saw the I saw the notes sheet where uh you and then Andrea had all pu- had, had put the same things, I'm like, well, this is the way. This is this the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is demonetized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, all right, I think both of those are good picks. So honestly, like I didn't think of Bill Skarsgård, but I think he'd be really great in it as well. I'm a little disappointed, all of us, though. Why? The character that we all seem to have appreciated and liked a lot, we didn't even oh. think to put him as a casting. Oh, oh uh, pr- uh, Gilbert, brother Gilbert, Gilbert. I'd leave Pete Pals the way as brother Gilbert. Like I uh, wouldn't yeah, change that. We can't, but, like... and, but no, you get to pick one of the one. best. You get you get to CGI him in. Yes. Because okay. we get to pick okay. one. We're we're gonna pull a Star Wars here. Yeah. Yeah. But he had such we're a little Leia role and he was Yeah. He was almost, so good. He was so good. Yeah, we're gonna I we're gonna Luke Skywalker. To being a shitty poet. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, Luke like Luke Skywalker's been in so much stuff now that they should have just recast him, but it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fair. All right, so we're done with casting. Let's move on to the final part, which is the final verdict. Um, are we going to remake the film? Um, Andrew, this is your pick, so we'll have you go last. Amy, why don't you take uh, kick us off here? Well, honestly, yes, the CGI the, in the it's a little off. It needs to be updated. I liked the movie, though. I don't know if it really needs to be remade. It's one of those... Maybe if it was made into, like, the three-hour version that you're talking about, Pat, where there was some depth and they explained everything, but I think... I I thought it was a good enough movie to leave as is. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Nick, what about you? Yeah, so I've, I've been going back and forth in my head on this one. I think the way the movie is today while i would love to see some of these actors uh swapped out to see some of these roles fleshed out i'm not sure that there's a big enough difference between what's on screen today outside of some cgi updating that would warrant fixing it or remaking it right up until you think about that three-hour epic (laughs) And really fleshing out those characters when, 
when we got to that part of the notes and we started talking about that, that really, that made me think, think about it again. Like I, so I think, I think that's my answer, right? Like if we're not going to make considerable changes to the point at which we're turning this into a three hour movie then really deep diving on a couple of the characters that didn't get enough exposition. If, if we're going to do that, great, then yes, let's remake it. But if we're not, and we're going to update the CGI and swap some characters, then no, it's not worth a remake. That's fair. And I, to, I, I think we're all going to be the same, but I'm kind of either or. I could go either way as well. Like you said, the CGI obviously is worth updating. I probably am going to lean on the side of, yes, I would remake it because, again, being a, you know, kind of um someone who's a history buff on the Celtic mythology and I want to see more of that in the film um, and so yeah I want it to be longer like you know I, I, I'm all, I'm all in on like I don't care how long I have to sit in a movie theater like you know if it's three if it's three John Wick 4 was almost three hours the way of water avatar was like three and a half yeah. Um, <laughs> give me a four-hour movie with intermission i'm i'm here for it like yeah i have no problem I, I really have no problem with that like i'd i'd much rather that than shorter films that that waste potential uh you know and don't don't fill in everything we we could use on the um on the characters so yeah i mean i don't understand why they just don't go back to doing intermissions in long films because in most theaters seats are like you pick your seats now yeah that's so true. like you could just yeah you know, go back to the same seat you had. I'm I think guessing I, money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but when I was a young child who living in England, the local theater, which is now a bingo hall, um, used <laughs> oh, to have, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, well, they built a big one and, you know, like a, a bigger one to replace it. Um, but they used to have intermissions where a guy would roll in a cart, like not in the movie, like the movie wouldn't have an intermission, the theater would just stop the movie and then a guy in a cart would roll in and sell like people ice cream. You'd walk down to the front and like yeah. buy a snack from him. And I always thought movies should do that. Like just roll a in a cart, roll in, especially during kids movies. All right, kids, yeah. it's been, an, it's been 45 minutes. Everyone go take a pee break. Everyone go buy some ice cream from us so we can make more money. Exactly. Yep. Easy. And yep. I'd, I'd be there for it, especially if we're talking you know, long format films like this, this story is conducive to a long format film. I would even say that you could develop the story into like a one to two season miniseries. I was about to say that like a, like a season, like a season long miniseries would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I think I'd want to see it as a, as a long movie. No, I'm, I'm saying like at, at that point, if you're doing 42 minute episodes, what's the difference between a four hour movie and a, and a single season miniseries? You know, think of so, think of think of the Battlestar Galactica miniseries before they got a full season hmm. um, order. Hmm. They did that miniseries to kick it off. Yeah, that so, was that was incredible, and that's only like I think that's like four or five hours long. Yeah, and they did the same thing again with uh, Gattaca. The uh, really the the prequel. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Um, but um. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking of the move, something else. <laughs> oh, the actual movie of the same yeah. name. Yeah. I was like, wait, they, they made a prequel to that movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I would be all about uh, intermission at roughly the two hour mark. Get up, do your business, get some snacks, go back to it. 
but I think it really does come down to how efficiently those seats are making money. Because if you've got a movie that's only two hours, you get you get to essentially sell that seat twice for the same amount of time as a four hour movie. Yeah, that's that's true. All right, Andrea, down to you. What what do you think? Would you remake it or no? I'm kind of I'm kind of struggling with that because I'd love to see a three hour cut of this movie done the way that the original screenwriters wanted. But at the same time, things like the CGI and the role of Kara, like those are things that I would update. I'm not sure if I'd update Dennis Quaid because it just seems to fit him. I mean, even though it's not like, like he's, he's not bad in the film. Um, so I think that if we were going to do a three hour cut and have a better director and the original screenwriters, then yes, I'd like to see it remade. All right. So on the whole, I think we're all pretty much on the same page. We want more from this. Yeah, I want more. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of really great stuff that I liked. Like, you know, I liked some of the, um, I liked the themes. I liked some of the visual stuff. Like, you know, for example, Einan wears white and he's evil. Bowman is good and wears black. Um, you know, some other things. Like, uh, I really like how the, the first castle really looks like a Mott and Bailey and the villagers look poor as dirt like they might be from that time. And, you know, um, I, I don't know, I... I I like yeah. it. I would recast it if we were going to make it longer. If I, if we were going to get more, I would like to see it redone. Okay. Uh, if you want to see more of Dragonheart, there's actually four additional films in oh, the God. series. They all look terrible. Um, there's <laughs> what the newest one is made in 2020 and looks like it's got the same bad CGI as the original. Oh, no. <laughs> it's also called Dragonheart Vengeance, which doesn't bode well for the uh, theme of the series. Nope. Oh no. If the series if the remake allows the series to be null and void, then <laughs> I am fine with that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Original Remake Podcast. If you'd like to provide feedback or have a question, please email us at remake.cast at gmail.com. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks.